So hello, everyone. This is Pastor Lawrence Taylor speaking, and this is Reflection on the Scripture. Pastor at Kenilworth Baptist Church, which is in Brooklyn, New York, Baptist section of Brooklyn. And we invite you to come and join us for our services on Sunday. Uh, and that is uh, at our 11 o'clock where we have our worship service. So with that, we're going to begin now. Uh, uh, study, reflection in the scriptures. Um, so I want to continue to talk about what I talked about in the last podcast. That is uh, with reference to what's going on now in the Middle East. The most important thing for those who take a biblical perspective is to listen to what the Bible has to say about now, there are those who really want to join one group, the other group, uh, and that should not be the position of the Christian, which is not a question of us taking sides on this issue. It's a question of us finding out what the Bible says about what's going on. Many Christians, again, are very pro-Israel. And has become a tenet of Christianity now, a religious tenet of Christianity, uh, to hold that um, you have to stand with Israel. Well, the Bible does not teach that. The Bible does tell us in Psalm 1 2 that we should pray for peace of Jerusalem. It doesn't say that you need to stamp or rubber stamp every activity of the Israeli government. It doesn't say that. Uh, but let's remember that Israel is in a state of unbelief, and they are not going to have peace in that land until the Messiah returns. I don't care what kind of agreement you have, whether it's the, the Camp David Accord, that failed. Oslo, that failed. And all every one of those agreements failed. Now, of course, um, Israelis would say they fell because of the Arab intransigence. On the other hand, uh, the Arabs and the Palestinians would say uh, it was because of Jewish obstinance that it failed. Well, I, I'm going to tell you this. The reason why they're not going to have peace in that land is because God is not going to allow peace in the land. That will not happen until Israel comes to know its true Messiah. That's the only answer. When they come to know their true Messiah. Let me give you a, a passage that is of utmost uh, importance. Uh, and that is found in the book of Zechariah. Uh, in Zechariah chapter 14. I'm going to look at some verses there in Zechariah chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. It says, and I'm reading from the New American Standard Translation, Behold, a day is coming for the Lord, when the spoil taken from you will be divided among you. I will gather all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, the houses plummeted. 
the women ravished, and half of the city exiled. But the rest of the people will not be cut off from the land. Hey, you know what? Let me turn my phone. Okay, because is that going to be a problem when you heard that? Okay, because they're going to Carolina friends. Okay, good. Um, if you if you know. Um, and this is, remember Zechariah, uh, this is after the Babylonian captivity. So he's not talking about the Babylonian captivity. It, he says, um, God says, well, I will gather in verse 2 all the nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city will be captured, and houses plundered, women ravished. Well, that day hasn't come yet, but it, I believe it will come. God is going to bring about a purging of the nation. He's going to punish the nation. and He's going to purge the nation because of their unbelief. But note what else it says in Zechariah 14.3. And the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of the battle. So their warrior will be Christ, the one that they rejected. He will be their warrior when he returns, and he will crush all those enemies against Israel. Then it says in verse 4, in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, which is in front of Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives will be split in its middle from east to west by a very large valley so that half of the mountain will move towards the north and the other half towards the south. So now the picture here. This is referring to the second coming of Jesus, not the rapture of the church, but the actual second coming of Jesus. It tells us in verse 4 that when he returns, in Zechariah 14, when he returns, he will be physically on the ground. That can't be the rapture because the rapture, we're told that Jesus stops in midair and he calls the church up to him. But in Zechariah 14, it says he stands on the mountain. So there he is physically. And when he returns and stands on the mountain, he says that he's going to transform the geography of Israel. That's what verse 4 tells us, that the, the geography will be transformed. Um, and Israel is going to return to the Messiah. Now, it's going to be a dark day. Um, we're, we're told in verse 5, you will flee by the valley of my mountains. For the valley of the mountain will reach to Azal, yes, and will flee just as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord, my God, will come and all the holy ones with him. Now note, when he says he returns, who is with him? This, no doubt, is talking about 
day of the Lord when God returns. Who is with him? Those who are believers. The church, we will be with him when he returns to the earth. And we are not coming, going to Brooklyn. Okay, let's get that right. We're not going to the Bronx. Okay, all right. We're Paris or any place. We are going to that region in the world where there is so much turmoil right now. And it says in verse 6, in that day, there will be no light. The luminary will dwindle. In other words, the stars from heaven will not give light. There will be total darkness. But it will be a unique day, which is known to the Lord. Neither day nor night, but it will come about that at evening time, there will be light. So in the midst of all this darkness, when Jesus returns, he will turn on the lights. I don't mean that he's going to flip the switch. He will be the light himself. He will illuminate the whole world with his glory. And in that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem, half of them towards the eastern sea and the other half towards the western sea. It will be in summer as well as in winter. Right now in Israel, they have a problem. One of the problems that they have, and they've been combating this problem, is that a lot of their waters are drying up. But notice when the Messiah returns, it will flow with water. And then it says, and the Lord, now look at this in verse 9, and the Lord will be king. Do you get that? The Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be the only one and his name, the only one. So when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom in that region, he will be the only ruler. They will not have any others. Now, of course, the saints will be ruling along with him, but he alone will be the sovereign ruler of everything. And so what the Republican Party can't do, what the Democratic Party can't do, uh, what the Libertarians can't do, what the Green Party can't do, what the Communist Party, it doesn't matter. God will get rid of all of them because there will be no more need for political parties because he will rule. And it says he will rule with an iron rod. So until then, that land will face horrific terror. It will face all kinds of turmoil. And a Jewish woman say to me, Mr. Taylor, and she was very distraught over what just took place. She said, is Israel going to be all right? And the only answer I can give her is one day, <laughs> not today, but one day, it will be all right because the true Messiah will be reigning in that land. And by the way, they will accept him because in the same book, in Zechariah, we are told in chapter 12, verse 10, quote, I will pour out on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication so that they will look on me whom they have pierced. 
and they will mourn for him as one mourns for an only son, and they will weep bitterly over him like the bitter weeping over a firstborn. What's all this weeping and crying taking place? Well, they're going to regret that they rejected their Messiah. They're going to acknowledge him at that point when he returns, but there will be great grief and regret because they rejected him for all of these centuries. But then they will come to a knowledge because it says he is going to pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication. So they're going to come to know him in that day. But until then, let us remember, Israel is in total unbelief, disobedience, rebellion against God. And God says, as a result, no peace in that land. The only peace will come when Jesus returns, the Prince of Peace. So I thank you for listening, and I hope you got something out of this today. Salvation.